Right, so you can you can talk if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Best segue ever. If you like talking, I'm on radio. Hello and welcome to the Split Screen Podcast, episode 12. Uh, Craig and I are back once again, uh, and this time we're going to talk about the next generation. So, there uh, have been many rumours over the past couple of months about next generation consoles, which is bad for us because we're both heavily in debt and can barely afford current generation <laughs> consoles. Um, so, instead of us commenting on those rumours, we decided just to kind of theoretically build our own and see how we get on. So we Build our own rumours. and then <laughs> <laughs> I, I had this idea that uh, I always get really disappointed around April because April Fool's comes along. And then I forget that we should have done an April Fool's joke. Oh yeah, God, oh man, we'd be like so good at that as well. Yeah, well, the the idea I had was we could uh, do, do a spoof where we'd be like, yes, we've decided we're going to do news now um, because games journalism is broken, and we're going to regurgitate our own news. Damn it, hey guys, here's this press release I rewrote. Like, share, put it on Twitter and Facebook. Share, share the rumors. Maybe we won't be good at April Fools' then. Yeah, well, that's the only joke we can come up with. So at least we've got a year to come up with something actually funny. That's true. Just uh, this is the this is the problem with April Fools. Is that uh, you know those Google ones that they do? They 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 did the eight bit Google Maps this year. Yeah, uh, it looked like a Final Fantasy game. That actually took a considerable length of time. They they must have spent tens of thousands of dollars on a very elaborate joke. Yeah, it's kind of expected of them now. Like in that whole jovial like tech thing, you expect websites to just do these little funny pointless. But, see, to me, to me, an April Fool's joke is like putting cling film over the toilet seat. Not coming up with a really elaborate CG oh. prank. <laughs> Don't say that when you're staying in my flat with my toilet seat and my cling film. I need that for my sandwiches, and I need urine not being on my floor. <laughs> anyway. So I think if we're building the next console, I mean, let's just start with what we're looking at. We'll start at the screen. It's like okay. the last Xbox 360, PS3, what they brought on was the HD TVs. Okay, mm. that wasn't part of the console, but if you try to get a game nowadays, like I got trying to, I had a couple friends over, we'll play this great three-player game. Oh, we'll play it on the bigger screen in the living room. Oh, well, that, that's standard def. We couldn't read the menus, okay? We couldn't read the actual script on it, and the game looked terrible, which for a game like Trine, which supposedly looks amazing, shows you how you do need an HD TV. Yeah, well, I guess there's a, there's a couple of things about that. There was, there, there's been several notable um, high-definition games that um, are illegible on SDTVs. The first was Dead Rising yep. and Capcom's rejoinder to that was basically, get some new glasses, lol, get mm-hmm. a new TV. The other one was uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts, yeah. which I believe they patched. They patched that. The um, text is... <laughs> I think it explains why the text is Comic Sans in a lot of it, but you can read it, it's fine. I don't think there's ever an acceptable solution to using... There's no good way to use Comic Sans. Unless you're doing like a church bake sale. That's the only time you should use Comic Sans. Ironically now, I think that's the case. The the other side to this is that um, I managed to pick up a copy of Mario Galaxy again mm. um, during the big great game panic when we thought they were going downhill. <laughs> so I was trying to do my best to save game by filling my house with all pre-owned games. So I bought um, L.A. Noir and, um, or as I like to call it, Lenoir and mm. Super Mario Galaxy. Um, and so Mario Galaxy is a game with really strong art design, but it's not a high-def game. And whenever you take that, I don't know whatever it's 480p I think and stretch it onto a 40 inch LCD TV it looks bloody awful oh right <laughs> like it, is there no way to sort of tr- do some trickery where you just have it show up like boxed in or something um no no because right, okay. there isn't any really I don't think TVs really work that way it's not quite the same as monitors where okay. you can resize it I think it's just that the, that's the way the TV processes it and the TV always stretches it out mm. to the full size so we'll definitely need then for the next generation both screen and console to be aligned 
being the same. Right now, though, the new TV's coming out. Well, they're trying to panhandle and trying to sell and flock. Our 3D TVs. Our 3D TVs. Have you played a game on a 3D TV? I tried um, one of the Zelda on the 3DS in one of the stores, and I found it really... Mm. I didn't enjoy it, like the little screen. I've not done a big screen thing yet. I mean, like um, like an Xbox or PS3 game in no. 3D. Okay. Um, well, my brother got a 3D TV a couple of months ago when I played Crisis 2 on it. Um, it was this 50-inch LG box. Now, my main complaint with 3D TV is that I need glasses when I go to the cinema, mm-hmm. so I have to wear two pairs of glasses. How else are you going to get the girls? Yeah, well, you big, you big six-eyed bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so um, whenever I've got two pairs of glasses on my head, it really weighs me down. And mm-hmm. it, It's kind of like you're wearing welding goggles. It's very constricted, and it constricts your field of view. Mm-hmm. So I don't like 3D films for many reasons, one of which being the glasses, the other being the cost. Um, but I sort of thought 3D games, you know, maybe they would enhance your sense of immersion. I could see where that would be better with 3D film wasn't. But um, whenever I played Crisis, I was quite disappointed. I mean, it looked okay, but I didn't think the 3D added anything to the game. And so, yeah, I I still, it's not that I'm not sold on the benefits of 3D television. It's that those benefits don't exist, and I am right. Yeah, because I don't think there's you can't translate that into touch at any point. I don't mean like physically, like walking up and like rubbing your hands on your TV but you're still going to have like a cursor or like a crosshair mm-hmm. which is still going to be like on a plane like on a flat yeah. plane so you're only you're still only ever looking at something say over your shoulder to the back okay the fact you can kind of see the the perspective is slightly different but you're still only going to be able to interact with it like it was 2D like what I want is what we've seen in some of the head tracking stuff which we've spoken about before the track oh. IR some people have done it I think with Connect and sort of um, trickery ways where if I if it can detect me like say leaning to my left and then my view would lean to the left and we're talking like you know I only have to lean a, a slight bit I don't want to actually have to be like prancing around my living room here. See here's the thing with Connect is that 3D televisions only work on a certain plane, right? right. So you you basically need to be centered in front of it um, and you need to be in a certain field of view and if you get about 20 degrees off the center of the screen that 3D disparity breaks down very similar to the 3DS you need to have it in a certain field of view and you have to essentially train yourself and where that is to stay in it yeah how can you do connect with the 3D TV because that's something that requires motion and so you, that is going to break yeah I guess so I, mean, I, don't, I guess I, I've never really played any connect games You're not really, are you going like left to right a lot yeah you, if you can in these line dancing games that you're so to, loving love with. to try and um talk about this in a way that people listening to the podcast will understand um, imagine that there's light projecting out of the TV and that's coming about say 10 feet in front of the television in a kind of triangular arrangement yep. so if you get 10 feet, draw a line in your mind, you're on a beach, the waves are crashing, it's beautiful, so 10 feet in front of the TV and then imagine about another 10 feet back from that and this kind of trapezium shaped object that's where you need to stand for connect Okay. Um, and you can move within that frame of reference but as you move left and right it'll like flash up with your character whenever it can no longer track you and you need a lot of space mm. um, in my living room you have to push everything out of the living room and you practically stand in the kitchen and only then will you just be able to play connect and with two people it's even more difficult it's it's designed for American people that live in aircraft hangars and barns rather than the uh, traditional UK <laughs> hovel flat May I remind you that I believe 60% of our audience are actually from the States that so, was a compliment. They're very lovely barns and aircraft hangars. We're envious of them. I'm talking in terms of size, not okay. that they sit sleep on bales of hay. <laughs> <laughs> Disused cardboard boxes. <laughs> their, their headboards are rotor blade. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, so I think, connect, I think Connect with 3D is difficult. I think PlayStation Move with 3D, Wii 3D, I think those are really difficult So do things. you think those are things that 
they've tried to push in like the later stages of this last gen that probably aren't going to carry over. Absolutely. I mean, right. like I mentioned, they would try to build Connect in to the next one, but I don't know how, like, what the buy-in is for it. Like, I don't know how big the community really is. I think Connect has a really high attach rate. Or they just keep it as a sort of separate controller. I think it's actually been very successful, but you have to remember that the Wii is really successful in mm. terms of units shipped. But whether that translates to people playing it every day for five years is a different thing. Yeah. In the same way that people that own 360s and PS3s use them all the time, but Wii's are like kind of this year's novelty. They're the they're the modern day Stretch Armstrong or Teenage Mutant Turtles. Yeah, um, Tracy yeah. Island. Tra- yeah, Tracy Island. Every, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's totally. They were sold out for years. Tracy Island. Well, no, the Wii, but oh, like in, Wii, in yeah. that same lineage as like Buzz Lightyear and all that kind of stuff. So that that's. That's the kind of way to look, like the Wii Fit things and mm-hmm. I don't know Zumba Fitness and that kind of thing. These are people. These are things people play for one day and then they throw them away. Um, so I don't know if people actively use Connect. My Connect at the moment is a really hilarious thing. Where if I leave the Xbox on and then I'm talking to somebody, occasionally the Xbox will think I'm searching for something and Bing <laughs> it'll say, "Did you look for the pajamas are under the stairs?" <laughs> no, no, I didn't. So that's what wow. my Connect currently does. Wow. It's I, I do play a bit of like Connect Adventures um, and Dance Central, but. Very, very I prefer rare. that as like an insight into your conversation where for some reason bananas and pajamas is like a, a current topic that <laughs> that you're willing to pull out of your repertoire. Uh, th- this is probably the, the most difficult thing in my life is like trying to convince people that I'm obsessed with other things than bananas and pajamas. And I think so far on the website I've done quite well. I, I've bananas and pajamas code for something. <laughs> no, no, just a TV show. Okay, cool. I just love it. I just really enjoy uh, kids' TV shows. Um, well, <laughs> so... If, but if bananas and pajamas was a segue into talking about the controllers, I would say <laughs> that <laughs> I would say that. Um, so on the screen, it's going to be HD, right? You're going to need an HD TV. Yeah. But I think we're okay with that. You kind of want that now for for films and stuff, anyway. I don't know if you, you remember. Can, you, can, uh, you can't buy an on HD TV, but 3D is not going to happen. The current consoles can't really do full HD graphics yet. We're actually not at that point where they can do native 1080p and it'll look fantastic. So what's that HD compared to? So what does do this like full HD then? Is that like PCs? PCs, right? Okay. PCs pretty much be the only thing. Yeah, because PCs, you know, I guess the kind of the, the holy grail was to do Crisis at 1080p at 60 frames a second, um, and even though we're about five years on from that point, it's become apparent that Crisis wasn't a very well coded game, <laughs> and that might not actually be possible. Doing 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 Crisis at 1080p at 60 frames per second is like doing cocaine in a convertible at 60 miles per hour on the freeway. Like that, I don't know. Like I just think like as a phrase, like that's very strange. <laughs> it's a marker. It's like a measurement against yeah, the benchmark of success. Co- <laughs> cocaine on the motorway. Yeah. Man. <laughs> but as, so, I guess one of the one of the things that I would say is that these new consoles are going to have to be a lot more powerful than yeah. um, than current PC hardware. Um, I was watching a video yesterday of The Witcher 2, which is just coming out on the 360. Now, my mm. laptop's four years old, so I didn't have a hope of playing that on the PC. Uh, but it's coming out to the 360, so there was a comparison video between the PC and the Xbox version. Right. The Xbox one is really good. This is on hardware that you know came out in 2006, was it? 2005, 2006? Uh, Maybe seven or eight. No, no it's, it's definitely earlier than that. We are your gaming authorities. Yeah, so something happened sometime, yeah. and uh, that's the truth, believe us. Um, when the Xbox came out hundreds of years ago. Yeah. 
back back whenever people were playing with the abacus and the ball and cup, the Xbox was seen as somewhat of a revelation, even though nobody could play it for 50 years because the TV hadn't been invented. <laughs> but it was a great idea. Um, with things like the, the 360 and the PS3, the PS3 had this you know cell processor and the Xbox had this really advanced graphics chips, and those required an awful lot of R&D money. Mm. Um, and I guess the problem is that whenever those consoles were released, they were released at a loss. And they as you keep going, the cost of the parts goes down. They become yeah. cheaper to manufacture. The problem with the original Xbox was because it used off-the-shelf parts, it was very difficult for Microsoft to reduce the size of the circuit board and reduce the cost of making our console, which is why there was never a, a, a mini Xbox in the same way they redesigned the 360, because NVIDIA held the rights to a lot of those parts in Intel. And so because Microsoft didn't engineer it themselves, they couldn't make it smaller. Yeah, so that's the challenge yeah. you go with. Yeah, they go so, cots or bespoke. But those... those the current consoles aren't using off-the-shelf parts. They are custom-made bits. Mm. So the problem is that, you know, it costs more and more to make these new generations of consoles. And there's a kind of a diminishing returns type thing, where if you look at the, the PS1 and the PS2 compared to the PS3, there's a massive drop between sales of the PS2 and the 3. The three's been a flop in relative terms. Yeah. I mean, because I, well, I don't do one. Most people I know don't do one. I don't know if it's been a flop that's on just, Sony's... That's just your circle of friends, though. Because nah, I know... No, I know, no. I know the plural of anecdote is data. <laughs> I know plenty of people who own PS3s. Well, what I'm trying to say is, compared but yeah, to compared the PS2, to the PS2, which everyone had and probably had multiples of, because you know, eventually you had to start jamming blue tack in the laser disc and all that kind of thing to get it to work. I guess what I what I should probably it upside say down, is rubbing it on the side, saying sweet things. The it, it hasn't necessarily been Sony's loss, but it's definitely been Microsoft's gain, Aye. and that almost counts as a loss in Sony's book, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's, there's tremendous R&D costs associated with this, but on the bright side, that means that you've got something that I can buy with confidence and know that in five years, it'll still be relevant. And I bought my 360 in about 2007, and I think that actually is a fact. <laughs> Unlike the, the spurious dates we made up earlier. Um, but, you know, I've, I've had it, and I've been quite happy with it now for five years. Um, whereas if you were buying a new console, it was just this kind of, you know, off-the-shelf PC parts, I would feel like, why wouldn't I just make that myself? because I could make my own PC for 500 quid. Mm. I would plug into the TV and be very happy, and that would be a lot more relevant. So I I kind of need a custom games box. That's what I'm interested in. And I'm not sure if that's just me being in a minority, but that's really what I want is some cutting-edge gadget porn. You don't, I don't just want a PC in a shiny box. That's that's a waste of money. Yeah, and I think ultimately the way it's going, the way we've seen it going in the, the current gen, is that it's becoming closer to a PC and that it is doing multiple things. Although I said earlier... It's doing multiple things like it has streaming films and social media and all that jazz. One of the interesting things about the 360 is it's the first console that really was able to change over time with with extensible firmware. Mm. Um, I guess with the first Xbox, you had Xbox Live being added, but that wasn't really integral to it. But the current Xbox has actually changed its entire, you know, Operating system essentially twice. Yeah, well, they used to have the the arcade version of it, or I don't think you had a hard drive or a very small hard drive, and. Once they upgraded Xbox Live, at some point, one of their generators, it might have been NXC, it might have been the, the, the iteration yeah, you beforehand, yeah. you needed to go out and get an, a bigger hard drive in order to just have the thing turn on. But one of the interesting changes from the, the original dashboard, I think it just had like maybe games, media, settings, and Xbox Live or Aye. Marketplace or something like that. The current one, games is one tiny button, and you've got things like music, movies, apps, social, search. Yeah, and they're all ads. So when you go into My Games, you've got your My Games box, and then you've mm. got uh, about five or six boxes to the side of other games you don't own, yeah. or you're not. Well, you know however it works for the digital side. You know you don't own. You've got Radiant Silver Gun. Maybe you'd like to buy My Little Pony Express. Do you know what the sad? Do you know what the sad fact is? What? We are a dying breed. 
nobody wants to cater to people like us who are dedicated gamers. They want. I don't to associate with that term, Alan. I've oh, told not, you this. Not this again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are a person that enjoys playing electronic entertainment video game things. Indubitably. Indubitably. Um, there's no money to be made from us because we're very fickle people. What they want to attract are your Zumba fitness types, people who rent films and will pay a monthly subscription for music. I won't. I'll have all my music stored on my laptop and I want to stream that to it. I want mm. to buy DVDs. I want to own my media. Um, and that's that's why a lot of people didn't like this Metro dashboard because they realized that Microsoft were no longer catering to them. They were no, will- no longer willing to fraternize with gamers, inverted commas. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, you know, we wanted everybody to buy it. And um, this is where this... I don't know if you've heard about the um, the kind of optical drive, no optical drive thing. Yeah, so it's people saying that to get around the used game. Well, that's that's the angle I've seen taken on mm. it, is to get around used games and reselling that you, it'll just move away from disc-based and you'll be, as you are with your iPhone and things like that, you'll download... Or Steam. Yeah, or Steam, you download it to your account, you just go direct, you know, everyone's got broadband. I guess that's another thing you're going to have to assume, you're going to need to have broadband for next gen, for sure. Well, this is... Um, you know, if you can't buy a disc... I am assuming you have read my collector piece. I, I skimmed it. Did you? Just nah, I read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, about, it's about like keychains, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's about my collection of troll dolls and how I come there every week. Um, so one of the things I said was that a lot of people still don't have very good broadband. Um, no. Or if you are... yeah, I mean, a good example is a soldier, somebody or a travelling businessman that wants to play games. You don't always have strong internet access. It's not something that can be relied upon. But the other thing I said was, if the new consoles don't have an optical drive, I'm not interested. Mm. Because I... It's not even so much about owning the physical discs. It's about having one box in the living room that does everything. So I, I have DVDs, and I want to play them. If the new Xbox had a Blu-ray drive, that would be really good, because I wouldn't mind buying Blu-ray discs as well. But I'm not interested in something that requires me to keep the old Xbox running side by side. Yeah, I, I like being able to use it for all kinds of media. I remember one of the things that really shocked me was when I tried to play a music CD in my Wii, and it did not work, mm. because the Wii cannot play music CDs. Yeah, no. I mean, it's sort of one of the things you just think, oh, it's a disc. Yeah, but <laughs> every everything can play music. But my Sega it's a Saturn can play music CDs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's probably why they were able to keep the price down. I don't know how how difficult is it to to do that. Anyway, I don't, a, I don't know. Fun. I just I just assumed it would work. It's the I'm, same I'm, size and everything. It wasn't like I put a mini disc in. It's like I kind of think though I would embrace that idea of just being able to download the game like straight onto it um, because I don't like having to keep old stuff around. Like, I recently I bought... Okay, it was on the disc, but I bought the Metal Gear collection. Yeah. The only reason I've got my PS2 is because I have the sort of Metal Gear games and a couple of the Grand Theft Auto ones, and then every Tony Hawk's game because I was a big Tony Hawk's nut. Um, but then Skate came along and usurped that one. <laughs> but it means that now I can get rid of that when I go home because I don't need... I, only, I just want the one box, and ideally as few discs as possible because they're only ever going to sit in a disc wallet because I don't bring cases with me when I move around. Yeah. Um, so... And just for like the convenience factor, like I like the impulse buying. Um, I like the impulse buying. I'm a frantic consumer that you get on the iPhone. We say, like, "Oh, that looks cool. I'll try that." Yeah. Like I wanted, I wanted to get Banjo because we nuts and bolts to play it again. I was like, "Well, you know, no one's selling it. I could get pre-owned, so I bought it pre-owned on a disc. The damn thing was scratched. I had to take it back. Mm. You know, wasted whatever money I was saving on like train tickets. And, <laughs> but then I was able to come back and just like download it straight off Xbox Live. Yeah. Like I want that with every game." 
I want that with films even, you know? I want I want to be able to just go, like, on the day of release to be able to rent the film. I guess that's kind that of the kind way, of thing. That's the way the, the Vita's gone, where you can either buy the, you, all the games that you can buy on a cartridge are available to download from... Um, oh, is it everything? The, yeah. You see that? Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's what I want. I want that in, like, Xbox. I don't mind if you can get them either way, but I still want that disc option. Why, though? I don't know, because we should be on the same page about this, because I, like you, don't have much space and will probably move about quite a lot. Yeah. I don't know, I'm just a hoarder. I think. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I, I mean, because I, I, I don't have, I don't have any old games past, like I say, before this PS2. But they're for different reasons and stuff. But I think even if I did, um, if I can play them in another way, okay, and and the real emulation has all its problems. Mm. But like that's the, the big appeal of the Wii would be like, oh well, that would you know I can get access to that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, one of digitally, the... it's just that it's just a bit ropey right now. I guess I guess I can talk about retrocity because by the time this goes online, it, it will exist. At this moment in time, it doesn't exist, and I'm talking about future things. But one of the problems with emulation is that it just it isn't as good. Hmm. The sound quality is not as good. You lose, and you know you're a big music fan. You can appreciate like losing sound samples. And yeah, no, music I mean, it's not pleasant. You're not running through the same hardware, so it's no. different speakers essentially. If you want to be rudimentary about it, and even though I don't really need those gold games, I still really like having them. I really like like I would actually go home and plug in my Saturn and play like. Panzer Dragoon on it, or I would hook up my Mega Drive and play Micro Machines. I really like that vintage experience. You could get a very, very rough facsimile by mm. playing it in an emulator, but I just like having the old stuff. Luckily, I have the luxury where it all lives in my dad's attic. It doesn't actually live in my flat, so oh, okay. I, can, I can store as much as I want. But I would like to get my own property eventually, and I'll, I'll put them in there. Yeah, I don't, but I don't have a problem with digital distribution per se. I just, I would like to be able to lend a game to you if you'd like to play it. But and, yeah, and that is that yeah. is the big problem. That's the big worry and the big concern because I've done that. I do, I do that at work. I give games out to some guys there. Um, but how how do you do that now? Well, you don't. the 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 problem for me is the argument about ownership. Because whenever you own it digitally, you own it forever. You can't give me... If you said, hey, Alan, I bought Metal Gear HD Collection. I really don't like it. Do you want it? Yeah. You know? And I can I can gift you a copy of Alan Wake on Steam. Uh, or I can give you the disc. But if you don't like it, you're kind of stuck with the disc. I know you did like it and it was a real... Mm. If anybody doesn't know the story, whenever Craig moved flats, half of his games got smashed. Which is probably an argument for digital distribution <laughs> yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, but one of them was the, the copy of Alan Wake I yeah. got you for Christmas. Nah, that made me very sad. Yeah, well, at least I've managed to get through it, though. I played it, so it wasn't like I was you know, cut off on the midpoint of its overly convoluted story or anything like that. It wasn't even that convoluted a story. It was very convoluted by the end. Uh, He's a writer writing a writer's story in a cabin. If only, if, if Alan had just got writer's block, none of that stuff would have happened. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all, the, all these digital games, they should be cheaper. I mean, I think the fact that... Um, when I bought Nuts and Bolts, which was whatever four years old at the time, quid, it was still it? twenty quid. Um, you know, I would have comfortably I would have paid. It's so strange and arbitrary, but I, like up to a tenner, I would have been fine. Anything from zero to tenner. I read an article that I, I linked to in the the collector piece um, that I'm not going to re- requote here, but um, there was this kind of argument that games developers and publishers would benevolently reduce the price of their games if they went digital only because they were able to because there was no piracy which I think is a very naive argument mm. uh, I think that you know Skyrim is currently 40 quid or whatever I think it's probably about 30 quid on the PC if that game is only available digitally it would cost 30 pounds Yeah. in 5 years time it will cost 35 to 40 pounds they, they're not going to magically reduce the prices do you think it's they would? Not happen. do you think they would try and adopt 
the model, which again has worked so successfully on iOS and free games and in a lot of the free-to-play MMOs, where the the entry charge is lower, um, and then you you make up the difference, say, in microtransactions and, and add-ons and little purchases. So we were talking about this in terms of um, the other day, what we were talking about, like Adobe Photoshop and things like that. Yeah. So. How much is it for like Adobe Photoshop? It's like three, four hundred pounds, right? On a student discount or something, yeah. Student? Oh, you're, you're taking me back. I don't work in retail anymore. Um, it costs about six hundred pounds for the software on its own. Right. Okay. So say without it's, a discount. So six hundred pounds. I use Photoshop with like all the subtlety of a sledgehammer, right? <laughs> I use crop done. Yeah. No, I use crop, vector mask, levels, and very rudimentary layer effects. Right. I don't millions of buttons there that I do not press. So what I would like is to sort of buy like the basic the basic version of Photoshop which would almost be like Microsoft Paint level, right? And then when it's like, oh well you can use these tools to like some effect, but if you want to unlock the full things you then pay toppence to get the vector mask tool. And you would customize it. Of course the problem there you need to have a little bit of knowledge in what it is that you're wanting to buy. But if they started doing that with certain games, say, because I I'm wondering where like I'd like to see sort of subscriptions almost I think certain, a, certain series. I think it's a tough call, and that's because games have a competitive element to them. And so there's a thing came out for Battlefield Three the other week, which is called like a, a catch-up pack, and you could get all of the unlocks that you normally have to play through the game to get. Oh, really? Now the problem with that is, I think something like that should be inherently balanced. And if you've paid a base fee for the game, whether that is zero or forty pounds, yeah. that there needs to be a level playing field. And so the difference between something like Photoshop is Photoshop is a tool but a game is closer to a sport. It would be the same way where everybody at the badminton club pays a set fee to get in, but if you pay an extra £10, you can get a much better racket let you hit yeah. the ball harder. And your, end of, your yeah. side of the court is half the size. Yeah, this is it. You, um, can, you can pay for a bigger court yeah. or a slightly for lower the enemy, net. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you that, can, you that's can, the problem. Yeah, you can have... And that's where the people did it. I think have done it wrong. You can't buy your, a competitive edge. You can't buy an advantage. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I just look at certain games like... Uh, FIFA and Pro Evo, the sort of things that come out annually mm-hmm. for thirty, forty pounds. That's changed. FIFA are for FIFA EA have released a European pack, where instead of releasing a new Euro game, it's an add-on for FIFA FIFA Twelve, and it updates the rosters and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. See uh-huh. that? Okay, that's, that should have happened a long time. That's ago. That's why I want to see more of. Yeah, it's almost too. it's like somewhere where it's almost like the sort of the DLC that you kind of get now, like with almost a hundred percent certainty that's going to come out after the major release. I would rather see like a series of DLC that together make up the kind of the big experience of the game, rather than here's a thirty pound game and then these like ten pound like add-ons. Because then like if you look at it for like um, well I don't know we'll just say massive well no Fallout Fallout's a yeah. good example. There are a couple of DLCs for that, so I paid forty pounds for the first game and then it was like sort of a tenner or so for each of the following ones. Well, I spent like eighty pounds on that. Yeah, it's quite a, and it's, it's quite a lot of money. And it's quite a lot when you think of like if you. you quantify it in terms of hours or whatever but I'd, I would almost have preferred to pay something up front and then know what I'm going to get after it like the way I bought Sam and Max where they came out in six or seven episodes and each costing each cost whatever but I paid a certain amount of money at the beginning did you get a season pass for yeah it? Oh, okay. and they came out kind of over time and I don't know, I you think know there's certain benefits to that for certain styles of games where they can be a bit more focused and it's not as daunting it's not as big a risk for them and it gets away from that problem where you're only going to have tr- these AAA games which then continue to milk you after the fact. Well, they go back to the, the Vita again, because it's a new console and it's got all these interesting new methods. Um, Ridge Racer for the Vita was released as a £20 game, mm-hmm. um, and it has like 
three or four tracks, and you can pay a fortune and get lots more tracks, and I think it ends up being more expensive than a traditional racing game. Now, yeah. the game itself is terrible, but this isn't an argument about the quality of the package. This is about whether you should pay a lo- like have a free game and then pay for the tracks you want. I'm I'm kind of old-fashioned in the sense that I just want to pay £40 and have a complete experience. Yeah. And if I don't want to pay any more money, I don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's like the problem with something like Halo Reach, where if I go on to play that now, I won't get a very good game because the people that are playing it are the people who have bought the map packs. And so it's quite difficult to get a game sometimes. Like Battlefield. Okay, yeah. Whenever I went to play Battlefield with you, um, I had to get the like the back to Carcan pack because that was the only way to get a game. Yeah. Um, and that that sucked. And that was because my brother didn't get the limited edition for me for Christmas because he couldn't find a copy of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, in a sense, we were both punished for not not no, getting into this model at the right time. Um, oh, I was going to say something there. It was going to be incredibly witty as well. Um, <laughs> I, I, pertinent, uh, pertinent to the conversation. So, like, so, like, I don't, I don't have like a good model for how they should sort of sell games or anything. I don't have like a very clear idea. But I'd like to see them explore different avenues. Though one thing would be in terms of rentals, just something that died away. You don't really rent games anymore. I remember doing that a lot. Did you have Blockbuster or Extravision? It was Blockbuster. The the Northern Irish one was called Extravision, spelled with no E on extra. What's strange is Blockbuster then became a sort of independent rental service, which also um, was a tanning salon. So you could like go there, rent films and games, and sit in a sunbed. So it looked like you weren't sitting playing games all day because you yeah, had a healthy you glow. Could, you could lie. You could have an alibi. Like here's a film where they go to like was it Eat Pray Love? So they tour India or whatever, and you just take all your anecdotes from the film, and you've got this healthy glow to sort of. <laughs> to pass off your uh, loneliness. I remember sitting at the banks of the Ganges watching people, uh, you know, ritually yeah, dispose yeah. of their uh, dead. It was, it was an incredible experience. Um, and then I played Call of Duty. But in the same way that you sort of like like Netflix, I really love Netflix now, and I can just go in and sort of try things. And I guess it's different because sort of films are one off in an hour and a half. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, see, sometimes films you'll watch and then you'll watch them again and again and again. And other times you'll watch them once and never return to them again. It's like TV box sets and things. If you have like six seasons of Lost, you might watch them again, but you might not. And it's quite a lot of quite a lot of media. Yeah, especially if you you, know, you get into Lost and the first two seasons were really good, and the third turns out to be poo, and you kind of have to keep it in the collection. Or the, <laughs> the whole thing loses consistency. Uh, I think so far we've talked about a lot of things that are, I don't know. They're more extensions of what are currently going on in, in consoles. And we haven't really talked about, I don't know, what, what would you describe it? Um, kind of pipe dreams, like our ultimate fantasies for things that would be really good to have in consoles, but will never actually happen. Oh, I want a console that comes with a second controller. What? What? Two-player games? You've got the internet for that. You don't need that. What? Um, but then then your friend won't have a console. Then he'll have to buy one. What? I'm just I'm just playing... Um, yeah, I know. Devils, and by devils I mean Microsoft's advocate here. And Nintendo. Come on, we what was it? We we sport, we play. Sec- uh, yeah. It's second, one of the best sec- selling game of all time. Yeah, second controller of the game. Of course, it will be popular. <laughs> <laughs> we sold forty million copies of We Play. People that, love it. That doesn't count. And then there, it's just as well they didn't release uh, We Play Two. We without a controller, and it would sell about five copies. <laughs> um, one of the things that I think would be cool would be to have a console that you could actually program. Um, in the early days of like the BBC Micro and uh, the Spectrum and Commodore, people programmed their own games. Uh, you know, so you could, act, I guess, because they were computers more than consoles, but you could you could really code them, and you could you could make whatever games you wanted. A lot of people like um, Dave Perry, the guy that went on to make Earthworm Jim and that kind of thing. That's how he started 
was you know, coding those kind of games. Jeb, Jeff Cramman, they had to do those Grand Prix games for the PC. Those people were kind of basement coders. That, that's how they all got started. Uh, Team 17, Worms. It's probably another one. Probably. I might just be making up team companies. It seemed likely to fit into that bracket. <laughs> so um, the, the Raspberry Pi computer was launched a couple of weeks ago, and it is this credit card-sized computer that um, it's basically aimed at hackers and programmers for the new generation. So it, there's been a lot of talk about how people need to learn how to code now. You know, this is the, these are the kind of IT skills we need. Not somebody that knows how to use transitions in PowerPoint. We need people who are software developers because that's, that, that's the new kind of manual labor, if you like. The new skilled labor of the future will be okay, computer programs right, okay, I follow you. and coders. That, see where I'm coming from? Yeah. So I would like a console that... The reason that I'm saying this isn't going to happen is because it just raises issues of piracy and compromising the OS. But I would love to see something a bit like the PS3 that has embedded Linux where you could actually program your own games. They famously took Linux out of the PS3 because mm-hmm. that was this gateway towards uh, breaking the hypervisor and messing up the security. Pirating games and doing all that stuff. All kinds of, all kinds of evil stuff that we well, certainly it, don't support here. It opens up a closed system, which is what, um, if you're developing on these games, you want security. Um, and even if you're using it, you want security. I mean, look at the the, the big hacking fiasco as well. Yeah. I mean, you, you you give someone a dev kit, or you put the dev kit already on it, they're going to find some way of like going, well, 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 here's the command that takes you to the username. Here's the command where the password is stored. Here's all the security around that. Let's just set and you know, it's only a matter of time before they they can break down. But, but yeah, like like you say, I, I I would like to see it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would like it. And it, it's not like there aren't precedents for it. I mean, Microsoft have released Connect for Windows with its own SDK. Yeah, and it costs the... more money than the Xbox version because that's just the way Microsoft did. You know, Connect Professional 2010 Media Center Edition, or whatever they called it. Yeah, and they, they they've also got the XNA for yeah. the the indie games where you you can get a foot in. Um, you can get access to the tools because that's what you need to do. Actually, if you want if you want the industry to sort of thrive you need to allow them to have access to the tools mm-hmm. um, well anybody can make an iphone game uh, oh well okay all you need is a mac yeah so for let's say 500 pounds for a mac mini you can get xcode for free off the app store and you can code whatever you want yeah and you can play it you do have to pay a fee to put it in the store but that's a very different that's like a merchant stocking thing think- but anybody can make a, a mac game or so- a windows game but with the xbox and ps3 there is a kind of indie thing, but there's still a barrier. Well, I would that, like to see that reduced as much as possible. Yeah, and that, that barrier is very much... Um, like, I, I challenge anyone to find the indie games now on the new yeah, Xbox dashboard. Now, they? It's buried down, like, within a sort of... It, it's, it used to have, at least you would have uh, arcade games, I think live games, which are, like, the full versions of games. So you, oh, can, okay. you can go get Burnout Paradise, yeah. say, whereas arcade games was Pac-Man Championship Edition. And then you had indie games beside it, or community games, I think they might have changed the naming. Mm-hmm. But now, like, one community games is, like, embedded inside arcade games and is embedded somewhere else. So it's not, like, very... You know, it's because, yeah, hey, it's advertising platform, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Some, You know, the guy who made Shoot... Um, Mama's Best Games or whatever, who made Shoot 1-Up, yeah. I'm sure that he, he wasn't able to sort of put forward a certain amount of money to get his stuff featured on it. I mean, he, he did well in their competitions. Mm-hmm. But even then, the competition, which is meant to kind of highlight that, like, well, this is a game that's worth a look, still buried down, three layers deep. But there's so much they could do with this emphasis on social networking. You could have whole communities built into. You could have like a, a developers hub, and people got you could have tutorials and people doing videos. And but would not be a really good selling point uh, though uh, for the Xbox to be play all these amazing games, and whenever you've played them all, make your own game. Yeah, the the problem is though is that whenever there's like when you say videos, mm-hmm. um, 
the superior thing exists, which is just YouTube. I think one of the clever things it that... It could tie into YouTube. Yeah, yeah. ideally, if it tied into YouTube in a way which didn't have the alphabet splayed out from A to Z... Oh, whose idea was that? The, okay, this is it. For anyone who doesn't know now, when you search on the Xbox, um, normally you would pull up a, a keyboard and it would be your traditional QWERTY-style keyboard. Mm. Um, supposedly, because it's easier to use with Connect, what they've done is it's all one line. It's a single line starting from A through to Z, and then there's on the right-hand side there's like space, delete, and whatever, so, Like I guess to get to characters... So, uh, with Connect, you just search using your voice. To to at the risk of going very Northern Irish here, that is barracks. That is mm. just not true. It, searching it is, barracks. Uh, sir, searching for barracks. No, I said barracks. I said barracks. <laughs> searching for barrack. <laughs> Would you like to call Derek? What? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I uh, yeah. So like, it, they need to. Um, if they have YouTube in there, they should have like a sort of this the. The kind of functionality that you'd expect when you get on a laptop, or you, or you, you go on on a PC on the internet. Um, the, one of the things that I would like to actually see with certain games, I know Spore actually had that deal where you could sort of record in the game, and yes. then rather than posting it to EA's bespoke video site... Skate does it, doesn't it? it? No, Skate still went to a, a special site. And, then, uh, and it's all this stuff, you need an EA Origins password, and then a, a Skate password, and you're putting it up there, and it's, it's you're getting down to like a smaller subset of people who might be interested in this you have to actually already be interested in Skate to find these videos. Whereas actually, I think watching these videos that people make is like a good way of marketing the game in itself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so if you had like YouTube equivalent type, you know, either screen capture or video capture, There's no that would go up. That would be kind of cool. Because like, yeah. like, you know, that's, I, Let's Play videos are popular, okay? Yeah. And we've tried a couple and they've gone moderately well. Moderately well, yeah. More, moderately More than well. one person has liked them, so that's essentially viral by our yeah. standards, isn't it? <laughs> Positively viral. So, you know, why not just, like, let the community share these games? Share their experiences with it? That's that. That's the kind of social media I want to see. I don't yeah. want to see Facebook. I don't yeah. want to scroll down my newsfeed on Facebook. I don't want to update my or, Twitter status on, on the Xbox. Yeah, Solely no. to say, this is not a good no. way to update your Twitter status. I, I would want that stuff to be skewed towards, like, the game side of it. Like I would love to be able to like go online, and if you're playing some game and you're like, you know, we're chatting, and you can, you could, I could like press a wee button and get a wee picture view of what you were seeing. This like is that where, shared yeah. community, because like you know, before you used to be able to sit down on a couch beside someone and watch them play a game, and that is, there's is something like quite captivating about that and quite fun. The only thing, the only decent social media integration right now is the Xbox Live beacons. Yes. Where um, I'm playing Battlefield, and I'll say I want to play Battlefield, and it shows up on Facebook and says, "Do you want to play with me?" And people yeah. can. You jump into that experience with you. To, yeah, it's the equivalent. To, oh no, I just used the marketing term. I said jump in. It's too, it's too ingrained in my mind. Jump in, know? jump in's not the worst marketing experience. Jump out, jump out said. of the marketing and start playing the Xbox. And that, that's the kind yeah. of thing I'd like to see. I'd like you, to get a, I'd like to get a notification on my phone saying, "Craig's playing Battlefield. Do you want to play?" And I yeah. say yes, and it turns on the Xbox and plays that game. Yeah, it's equivalent of firing like a flare gun up into the sky. Yeah, and it, it can yeah. actually be seen. It's a way of instigating cross-platform promotional invitations or something, <laughs> something like that. You know. Oh no. Um, and one could argue that the fact they had to do that is because it's so difficult sometimes to. You have to go again three layers deep in order to see what someone's playing or find out uh, if if they're available. But yeah, no, that's that's exactly the kind of thing that I want to see. And then for the people on the Facebook side, they should be able to say, "Dude, I don't want to see what you're playing online," and they can then turn that off. You can hide it. Yeah, well, you can. You can because that's why I don't have any of that stuff. I have no, as far as I know, anyway. I have no automatic. <laughs> that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, I have no automatic postings to Facebook or Twitter because I just assume that some people don't care. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't particularly care when a friend of mine is playing Words with Friends. Unless he's yeah. playing against me, in which case I see that in my game. I think it depends on the level of saturation. I know a lot of people have Raptor. They said, yes. I'm playing this in Raptor. I've started playing Mass Effect in Raptor. And I just think, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. You can block those clients, though. But there's always a danger, and I mean, this sounds a bit self-absorbed, but there's always a worry for me that people will just block me rather yeah. than the client. And this is where I don't like the idea of Spotify being tied in. I don't like newspapers being tied into Facebook because I don't want to saturate people with so much information that they don't see the interesting things I want them to know. Yeah, I, I would, think I would hate to like be in town somewhere and I'd say, "Hey, I'm in town. Let's meet up." And somebody wouldn't be able to contact me because they'd block me because of some rubbish I put up from Raptor. That's my worry. Yeah, I think there's still the functionality, especially like on Facebook, for you to post your um, the, you know, articles that you like or yeah. just links to things, and then it comes off in a nice reformatted box. Yeah, like how all of our readers share all of our split screen articles with all their friends because they love them so much. It does. I mean, I heard it makes people's lives happier. I mean, I say I've heard this because I've seen it in the smiles on their faces and the smiles of people around yeah. them. I think the best thing was whenever somebody linked to one of our articles and it found its way into an orphanage and all the kids were so happy and then they immediately all got families. That was yeah. probably, I think that's probably our biggest success story to do. It, it was one of them. I mean, it was a, it was a sleeper hit. It wasn't well reported. Yeah. But well, that's they, because everyone had blocked us on Twitter because we were posting updates on our games on Word with Friends. One thing we haven't touched on um, and I'll just talk about um, being the centre of your media hub is that actually a lot of the media centre integration is pretty poor. The PS3 has a lot of trouble picking up computers of all shades from my experience yeah. the Xbox only ties into Windows Media Center which means audience of five um, and it neglects a lot of things like iOS devices and Android phones that are really really popular and yeah. I don't know why you can't do that it's really it used There's, to be able to plug an iPod into the Xbox and it would play it um, but now it doesn't I suspect there's probably something on Apple's side but I would love to have something where I could play music on an iPad and beam it into my Xbox or for it to know that that media existed yeah and I think that's just going to be it's just company lines at that point where they're just not going to cross that divide because it's the it's your competitor in one sense. Yeah. Where's the benefit for them partnering? Um, uh, but, but, but then again, you know, there wasn't any necess- you know, apart from them being like global hungry powerhouses, there wasn't an, any necessary thing that would uh, push Facebook and Twitter onto these devices, really. No, most of them. But, so it could happen, but it might not. I think the problem is because they're trying to... We are media consumers... And they want us to be media purchasers. Microsoft want us to buy the media from them. They want okay. us to use Zoom. They really don't want us to use Netflix or DVDs. That's why whenever the Xbox dashboard was updated, Zoom has full connect controls, but DVDs don't. DVDs haven't been updated. Yeah. Media you play off your own like your own media, even if it's ten eighty P will only stream at like seven twenty P or less. Zoom movies will do full ten eighty P. Yeah. And that is because they but, want you to buy their and, stuff. And, and that's, that's that, all they care about. That's that old hierarchy of um, you pay for the privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way to do that is you give people something lower. And then you say, but you want that full ability, then you pay more. Um, and they need to get away from that model where they're just a little bit more free to give. Um, or they're just a bit more willing to give you something decent. And then you can have like mm-hmm. add-ons on top of that. Which aren't, as we said, same with the games, man. That aren't giving you a competitive edge. So I think we've run the gamut of... Pretty much everything, apart from what are we going to call these things? Okay. What are we going to call these new super consoles? Well, of course, like the Xbox 360 was named because the PS2 was going up to PS3. Yeah. So if you had a PS3 and an Xbox 2, you're always going to go for the one with a bigger number. Obviously. So that's why they chose 3, so it like parred on it. That's why I bought my Xbox, so, because 360 was bigger than 3. So, yeah. And um, even though 360, if anything, takes you back to where you were. Yeah. Um. So it's probably going to be a PS4. 
they will surely keep the PlayStation brand. Yeah. That's the only thing I would I would say there. They've they didn't call the Vita the PSP two, and therefore I don't think they're that bothered. I think yeah. the PlayStation brand is more important. One of the code one of the, the rumors is Orbis. Yeah, but that's which, like a dev name. You can tell that's gonna That's like a brand of chewing gum. Yeah, Orbis. But Vita is an okay name for Fresh. because Vita, you know, is about life and I don't know, vi- you know, vibrancy, <laughs> vitality, that kind of thing. Yeah. But Orbis, it's nothing. Well, Vita sounds like the sort of rice bars you get. <laughs> Rye Vita. That's it. That's what I'm thinking of. Rye Vita. PSV Rye Vita. PSV in- Intelligent Vita. Yeah, it's good. It's very witty. So um, if it's PS4, Xbox for Tutus, fortunate Xbox for you, Xbox. Uh, I would for... call it Xbox Stimus Prime. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't call it that exactly because it's probably not good to name a console with something you can't pronounce. Xbox Stimus Prime. Yeah, because that tells you that it's the best. Console uh, media media hub in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what about the Wii U? What's your stupid name for a console? Yeah, Wii's Wii's okay. Okay, it's a you know it's a it's a synonym for mixuration, but um, it actually is okay in terms of people coming together. But Wii U takes it that one step further, where it's like back to the back to the gamer on their own kind of thing. Mm. It's back, it's a similar thing to why the the Dark Knight Rises. Is, is the sequel rather than something else because The Dark Knight became such a popular name. Yeah. Well, the Wii penetrated uh, sort of culture in that sense, so it's always going to be Wii. Well, well, Apple did like the new iPad. It's called like the new iPad, right? It's called iPad. Just iPad? Yeah. So it's just... so is the next one just going to be the new iPad? Yeah. I mean, well, why can't they just do that then? Um, I don't know. If like If they've got enough of the stuff carrying over where you can play your 360 games on it, say... Potential. See, people people like mocked this whole new iPad thing, like, oh, you know, why aren't they calling it iPad three? And the answer is because every time a new MacBook Pro comes out, it doesn't get. I don't have a MacBook Pro eight. Yeah, I have a MacBook Pro, and the iPad is a computer. Um, you know, the iPod Touch is just called the iPod Touch, mm-hmm. and you can differentiate it by they call it like a fourth generation or whatever. Well, that that's what I mean. You would just have like say the second generation. Because I think right now it's say it's the second generation of Xbox three sixty. Yeah. For the amount of change yeah, to when this thing came out, it's the second generation already. They don't really market it. But the thing is that consoles operate on like sort of five-year cycles, and they are mutually exclusive, whereas iPhones and Android phones and laptops operate on a continuum where mm-hmm. there is no generation. There's, no, there's nothing... There are rare exceptions, but there's nothing that... If you bought a MacBook Pro today, right, and then I bought one six months down the line after it had been refreshed, there's nothing that you can do in yours that I'm not be able to do in mine. Mm-hmm. But with the Xbox, you need a differentiation. You need a 360. You need a PS1 and a PS2 and a PS3 because people won't know and people will buy the wrong games. What will happen is Granny will go into game. In fact, no, they won't. She'll go to Tesco because game won't exist by this point. And mm-hmm. she'll go and buy a PlayStation game for the new PlayStation, and then she'll get something completely wrong. Yeah. So I think there's always going to be there's always going to be. Well, I don't know. Maybe there isn't always going to be iteration of, of consoles. Maybe it'll just be like a, a platform like iOS or Android that you yeah. just buy a new one of every year. and They'll, It'll just be called On Life. Grim times. I'm going back to the Mega Drive. I can't take it anymore. Ugh, terrible. Oh wait, launch games. That's the thing. We need launch games. I, I really hope they bring back another fireworks game like was came out with the PS2. Fantav- yeah, so I want Fantavision HD Remix. Um, terrible. Is that an end? I think that might be an end. It's not really an end. It's not really an end, is it? Well, thanks for thanks for listening. Once there we again. go. Yeah. Uh, okay. Go to this www.splayfromscreen.net. You probably already know that house, but you've got this podcast. Come on. Hello.